bless you. Happy Mother's Day again. If you just joined us, I want to say happy Mother's Day. And listen, if you want to bless your mom again, because I know you already have done something for your mom, you can text the word mom to 52525, and we have some special gifts that we want to pass on to your mom through you. And I know we got a text for everything, so everything is 525. If you want to order some food, just text food to 52525. They'll show up at your house. Uh, but if you want to bless your mom, text the word mom to 52525. And we got some stuff that, that you can pass on to your mom and it will be a blessing to her from you and from us. Again, my name is Miles. I'm pastor of the Rock Church. Uh, please hit the share button and send this link out as you're watching it to all your friends. We want to make sure people uh, get encouraged um, today and that they can get this message and encourage them. So listen, let's uh, bow for a word of prayer. If you are in your house, wherever you are, please get on your knees. I'm going to get on my knees up here. Please get on your knees, and if you're sitting on your couch looking at somebody next to you and they're just waiting for me to get up off my knees, I'm going to challenge you to just say, hey, let's, let's get on our knees. And what we do here is this is a, it's not a physical posture only. It's a spiritual posture. God, I am kneeling before you as you are my God. And so, again, just take a second, just everyone get on your knees just for a second and Let's communicate to God that we bow before him. Lord, we thank you so much for your faithfulness. We thank you for being God. We thank you for being patient. We thank you for being loving. But also we thank you for our moms. You knit us together in their wombs. Their body nourished our body. Their health created an environment for us to grow. And through our moms, you brought us into the world. So we honor moms today. And I pray that you would stir our hearts to honor our moms today. Lord, I want to say a special prayer for Wanda Cooper, the mother of Ahmad Aubrey whose son was shot in the middle of the day jogging down the street in a racially motivated murder. I pray that you comfort her today as she goes through the ordeal of trying to seek justice for her family. Lord, may your peace be on her home and may you use that tragedy to bring more peace and unity to our country. Thank you for our service today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, 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 amen. Get your Bibles out. Get your Bibles out. If you have your Bible on your phone, you want to get that ready and get it out. We are going to get into the Word on the count of three. Lift your Bibles up and say Word. And the reason we do this, we declare this is God's Word. This is what we trust in. So on the count of three, say word. One, two, three, say word, 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 word. Turn to the book of Numbers, the book of Numbers chapter 12. Book of Numbers chapter 12. Book of Numbers chapter 12. And if you want to know what the book of Numbers is about, it's about numbers. It's actually the Jews wandering through the wilderness. But if you ever doubted that God was about numbers, which I am dear to my heart, Read that book. Read that book. Book of Numbers. Uh, one day recently I was talking to a young man and I asked him uh, what did he want to be and do when he grew up. 
He says, I want to make a difference. And I says, okay, what does that mean? He said, well, um, I want to, uh, uh, you know, give to the poor. I want to give to charities. I want to make the world a better place. I want to love my family. And, and I said, okay, so how are you going to do all that? And he said, I don't know. And I said, look, in the end, if you want to make a difference, you obey God. Bottom line, we can build churches, <laughs> you can build companies, you can make a lot of money, you can give to the poor, you can make nonprofits. But in the end, if you want to make a difference in the world, you simply need to obey God. Exodus 40.16 says that Moses, thus Moses did according to all that the Lord had commanded him, so he did. Now why is this important? We have been in a four-week series, this is week four, on uh, There's Still Hope. We've been talking about the four-step process Moses went through to make a difference. Now, wherever you're sitting, I want you to ask a question, uh, answer a question by raising your hand. I know I can't see you, but, I, but you can see yourself and the people in your room. If you want to make a difference in the world, just raise your hand. I think most people want to make a difference in the world. They just don't want to live. If you talk to most people, they'll say, well, there's got to be more to life than it is. 100%. And so we've been looking at the, the life of Moses, specifically the calling of Moses, where God called him to go deliver the Jews and confront Pharaoh. And we said there's a four-step process that he went through. By the way, this process is something that we're all going through now. And as a church, we want to help you go through. Because we want to put you in a position that you can make the difference that God wants you to make. He's not putting you here just to exist. He wants you to make a difference. And so we've been going through this four-step process. I'm going to put that four-step process on the, on the screen. One, know God. We did that three weeks ago. Know God. What does it mean to have a relationship with God? There are facts. Again, go back in, this, in the series and, and we filled out uh, some, some facts about what that means to know God and what, to be known by God. Find freedom, answering the lies in our head. We got to answer and get rid of the lies in our head because they will paralyze us. We will not be able to make a difference in life if we, if we, if we think we're dumb, we're, we're, we're not educated, we're not skilled enough, we're not tall enough, we're not white enough, black enough, whatever, cool enough. If we have all those lies in our head, they will paralyze us. We talked about that two weeks ago. Discover your purpose. Last week we said there's God's put something in your hand, your personality, your connections, your spiritual gifts that you already have. And if you believe that you have those and you're clear about what they, those are and you just use those, you, you'll then get to what we're going to talk about today. Make a difference. Make a difference. And so what I'm going to do today is I'm going to give you a guide on some homework you got to do on how you can describe what making a difference looks like in your life. We all have different talents. We all have different gifts. God has put different things in our hands, as I talked about last week. And based on those things, that's what's going to guide you so you can know what kind of difference God wants you to make as you obey him using those things. So what I'm going to talk about today is I'm going to give you a description of how you can, or a guide on how you can write a description on what making a difference looks like in your life. And then three basic principles based on Moses' life on how you can get there. Remember, it's obeying God. In other words, if you obey God, what does it look like? And then the three basic steps on how you can get there. So this is, I'm going to show you how to fill this in. You have it in your, in your notes. I, I, you can try to fill it in now, but I would encourage you, 
to spend time thinking about these questions, and they're in your notes right there. Spend time thinking about these questions because this is going to determine the trajectory and direction of your life. You are not just to have a job. God wants to use you as you obey him. And, and if you obey him, he is going to guide you to make a difference in your world and the world. And so this is a guide. If you fill this out, think about it, contemplate it, you know, review it constantly, adjust it, wordsmith it. But the more clarity you have on these answers and these questions, and by the way, you can answer these questions. But this will give you a guide. The more clarity you have on this, the more focused your life is going to be, the more fulfilled you're going to be because every time you get up, you are working towards these things. So this is a guide. I'm going to give you my answers to these questions. But... It's just a guide. I'm telling you what I'm going to do, but this is going to help you understand and process what you're going to do. So number one, I, and this is in your notes, I will build a family that what? Loves Jesus, evidenced by love, unity, and love for each other. So first, are you committed to your family? I mean, that's pretty basic, but it's something to, to always remind ourselves, okay, that is one of my goals. When I die, I can look up and say, okay, I love my family. And they love Jesus. That's one goal. Number two, I will build a ministry that is known, this is, this is me, as servants of Jesus, evidenced by a multicultural church serving San Diego. So in my ministry, this is personally, ministry, my goal is to build a ministry known as people who serve Jesus. And it's evidenced by a, a, a church that is ministering in San Diego. That's mine. You could say, what kind of ministry do you want to build? Now, you don't have to be in formal ministry to have a ministry. <laughs> you could be working at McDonald's and your ministry is praying for the poor. Your ministry is serving the homeless. What does God put in your, how are you, how are you serving and building the spiritual growth of people? Think about that. That's, remember, what God put in your hand from last week, spiritual gifts, is designed to bring about spiritual blessing to people, growth to people. So, number three. I will build a business. Again, this is ministry. Maybe you have a business. How will you earn money? If you don't have earned money, then this may not apply to you. But for me, I want to build a business that translates the gospel for unbelievers. Uh, and when I say business, whenever I'm outside the church, I'm, 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 I'm acting or I'm, I'm making a movie, which I'm working on the movies and, 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 and uh, stuff outside the church. I am trying to translate the gospel. This is for me because God has given me a love for non-believers. He's given me the gift of evangelism, prophetic declaration. So for me, I want to translate the gospel and spend my life uh, helping unbelievers. Go, I get it. Evidenced by what? People moving closer to Christ. What does that mean? Some are going to get saved and some are just going to be more curious. So it's a process. That's what I want to do. So whenever someone says, hey, do you want to be part of this project, you want to be part of this book project or part of this uh, video thing or whatever or this conference, I have to ask, am I translating the gospel for unbelievers? Again, you, can, you, you may have a business selling widgets, but I want to build a business that what? Glorifies God in how I treat my employees. What are you going to write down for your business? And by the way, your business slash your job. Your business slash your job, your profession. Even in your job, you have a skill. And number four. I will leave a legacy. When you die, when you die, what do you want to have left behind? Love for people in need, evidenced by a multi 
multicultural church serving San Diego. Listen, I, I, don't, I don't need to, I mean, blessing the world, that's great. But for me today, my number one priority is San Diego. That's for me. So you have to ask yourself, what is your, what kind of legacy do you want to, has God put on your heart? In other words, if you obey God, this is the kind of thing, the answers to these questions are answers. If I obey God based on what God has given me, based on me getting the lies out of my head, this is what I think will happen. Now, will it change or get more clear? 100%. But at least you have some kind of direction because God can't steer a car that's not moving. You gotta, in order for you to, in order for you to make a left turn, you gotta be moving. And so this is going to help. So I want, you to, I want you to pray about these answers. Now, how do you get there? Three things. Now, this, as we look at Moses in Numbers 12, this short story kind of encapsulates three characteristics about Moses, which to me are three characteristics about anybody who's going to serve God, but especially moms. Now, moms, I want to honor you and declare that these three things that we're going to talk about trying to be, most of you are already that because motherhood just does it to you. I was on the news the other day and they were asking me about what's a message to moms and especially moms who are struggling. Uh, God has created you different than dudes. Uh, I remember my, my, my kids were little. If my wife, my wife would watch the kids all day and, you know, uh, uh, my wife went through like 10 years where she didn't comb her hair because she was just taking care of kids. And we would see pictures, her hair was all jacked up, her clothes were all jacked up. And we would just say, oh, that, that was the 90s. <laughs> that wasn't a day, that was like a decade. And she would just watch them all day. And then every now and then she said, I just got to leave. I was like, where are you going? She says, out the door. <laughs> That's it. I'm just leaving because it was just, she had, she had three kids under five. And I would be left with the kids. So she'd be leaving the house, you know, in the morning. The kids are in their pajamas, hair all jacked up. They haven't eaten breakfast yet. And my kids are crying as my mother, my, as my wife's leaving because she, they were like, Daddy's not going to feed us. Daddy's not going to feed us. Because they know that Daddy, they're like, Mommy, you take care of us. We don't know what that fool's going to do. And, and sure enough, my wife would come back eight hours later and they still had their pajamas on. They still hadn't eaten breakfast. And they, I just say, hey, go home and play, right? I, that's not 100% true, but that's like pretty pretty close to what would happen. And it's like moms just are built different. And I'm so thankful that God made you. So we're going to look at three things. This story, Moses had a brother named Aaron and a sister named Miriam. And in this particular passage, they accuse Moses because he had married an Ethiopian woman. He married a sister. Go ahead, Mo. <laughs> And they come against him. And in this very short passage, it's kind of a microcosm of Moses' life. There's three characteristics of Moses that I want to encourage all of us to walk in. If we we're going to get to the point where we can actually obey God, actually to get to the point where we can actually do what God's called us to do. You're not going to do what God's called you to do in the kingdom, not having these three qualities. And there's more. But in the end, the Bible says Moses did everything God called him to do. Wouldn't you love for God to say that about you? That, well done, good and faithful servant, you obeyed me. Because in the end, that's all that counts. It's not that you did more than that guy or that girl. It's that you did what God told you to do. And so let's, let's read the story. Number one in your notes. Number one. It says Moses displayed humility before God. Look what it says in uh, Numbers chapter 12, verse 1. 
It says, then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. Now, if, you, if, you're, if you're wondering, man, Ethiopian, was she black, was she African? Because you've seen in the movies what <laughs> all the Israelites, don't believe the movies, just read the Bible. Okay? <laughs> and don't trip. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> but just what matters is the truth. So don't trip. So he married an Ethiopian woman. And whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. So they said, has the Lord indeed spoke only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? Now, this is a classic challenge of leadership. You ain't the only one God speaks to. You ain't the only one that knows the Bible. You ain't the only one that can make decisions. You ain't the only one that can do this. That's classic leadership. Humility. Um, I was... um, uh, I saw a book title the other day and it said, does God want you to be happy? And most people think God wants me to be happy. And matter of fact, if I asked all of you, does God want you to be happy? You would say, yeah. But really what God wants you to be more than happy is holy. That's what he wants you to be holy. Matter of fact, when people get married Whenever I do marriage counseling or marriage conferences, I always tell married couples, um, don't marry someone thinking they're going to make you happy. <laughs> um, and when, because if you do that, now, now by the way, I'm not saying you should marry someone that you'll be happy with, but their job is not to make you happy. God is going to use your relationship to make you holy. And the only way you're going to be holy is to be humble. Same thing with moms. If there's one thing about motherhood is that it will humble you. You will quickly realize that it ain't about you. And moms will tell, listen, I'm a guy, so I only know this um, in, a, in a tangential way. When our children were born, I, I never felt love like that. But I know what my wife felt was 100 times more than that to the point where she would deny herself for her child. God uses parenting to humble you. If you are going to trust God and be used by God, you are going to have to be humble. Let's put that verse back up on the screen. It says, Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. So they said, Has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it and said, The man Moses was very humble more than all the men who were on the face of the earth. Number one, you have to be humble before God. If you say to God every single day, and remember the question is how can you, how can you make a difference in the world by obeying God? The number one, you got to be humble. If you can say to God every single day, God, everything I have you've given me, everything you, my gifts, my talents, my opportunities, my money, my relationships, my open doors, my experience, my pain, my lessons, my education, my knowledge, everything I have, I surrender it to you humbly. What do you want me to do with it? It's not mine. The minute you do that with what God has given you, the minute you do that, he's given you too much for your pride. you got to keep your hands open. God can take it. He can use it. He can move it around. 
You can't be a good mom and be prideful. You can't be a good leader and be prideful. You can't be a good believer and be prideful. The Bible says Moses, the greatest leader ever that we would know, we arguably the greatest leader ever, was the most humble man in the world. It's amazing. Sometimes you'll meet somebody famous and they've done all this stuff in the world. And you'd be like, they were so nice. That's how they got there. God blessed them. God blessed them. I, I, I don't know if people would say that about me, but I, I need to be more humble. You can always be more humble. Always. Because humility comes before honor. In other words, I must decrease and he, Jesus, must increase. And that's going to happen when you take a step back. By the way, humility is not talking less about yourself, less about yourself. Like I'm bad, I'm not, I'm not smart. That's not humility. Matter of fact, that's false humility. Humility is just talking about yourself less. It's always about him. It's always about them. It's always about it. It's always about something else. It's not about you. Number two, Moses was considered holy by God. Number two, Moses was considered holy. First he was humble before God. And then he was holy in God's eyes. When my first daughter was born, my wife was in labor 12 hours. I, I remember it was your first baby is over the top. And when my first child, which was a daughter, was born, I remember thinking I have never, ever felt this way about a human or anything, anything in my life. I was so in love with my daughter. I didn't want anybody holding her. I didn't want anybody near her. Matter of fact, right before I committed my life to the Lord, I was hanging out with a friend and we were just doing some scandalous stuff that other than doing drugs, but also other scandalous stuff. And when I got saved and then I had a baby, he, he wanted to hold her, but I knew what he was doing. And I was like, bruh. <laughs> Just, and at that moment, I never let him hold her. But for me, it was like I loved this girl so much that I wanted her all to myself. Matter of fact, we let some girl, some teenager or 20-something young lady, a friend of ours, babysit our daughter when she was a baby. And our daughter fell asleep on her neck and the girl had perfume and it got on my daughter's skin. I was so mad. I mean, nothing happened to her. She didn't get a rash. But when I would smell my daughter, I didn't smell that baby smell. I smelled that girl's perfume. And I was like so mad because that was my daughter. That was my smell. You know what holy means? It means set apart. Are you set apart for God? Do you belong to you or do you belong to him? Moses was holy. He was humble before God and he was holy, set apart for God. You want God to use you in the world? Separate yourself from all your carnal, fleshly, selfish desires. Separate yourself from the opinions of people and say, God, I just belong to you. What you want to do? Look what it says. In Numbers chapter 12, verse 6, it says, hear now my words. This is God speaking to Aaron and Miriam, Moses' brother and sister, about them coming against Moses. He says, look, this is God talking to them, saying, listen, hear my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. 
In other words, normally, Miriam, I'm talking to Aaron and Miriam, you're, you're Moses' brother and sister. Normally, when I have a prophet, someone I speak to, I give them visions and dreams, you know, but not with Moses, but not so <laughs> with your brother, the one you're coming against. He is faithful in all my house. I speak to him face to face, even plainly conversation and not in dark sayings. He sees the form of the Lord. Um, are you holy to God so much so that you have a relationship with God where you and him speak face to face? Now, I'm not saying that a vision comes up in your room. I'm saying that, you know, he takes you to the third heaven. I'm just saying where you hear his voice. His small, still voice, the Holy Spirit whispering to you where you get up and you can read the Bible and you can say, Lord, guide me in this decision about my money. Guide me in this decision about my relationship. Guide me in this decision about my future. He wants to guide you and make his will known to you through the Holy Spirit. If you've given your life to Jesus, he's going to give you his Holy Spirit and his Holy Spirit's going to speak to you. If you haven't had that happen, we're going to give you that opportunity here in about five minutes. To ask Jesus to forgive you because God himself wants to have a relationship with you. God himself wants to speak to you. And, and, and especially now amidst all the uncertainty in life. By the way, you always have uncertainty. You just didn't know it. But now you know it. But all the uncertainty in life that you would say, God, what do you want me to do today? And you may ask him, what's going to happen in the future? He says, don't worry about the future. Just worry about today. Here's what I want you to do today. That's through conversation. Through, that's what prayer is, conversation. So number one, you've got to be humble before God if you're going to make a difference. Number two, you've got to be holy. And number three, Moses <laughs> honored others better than himself, just like God. Just like God. Look what it says in Numbers 12, 13. It says, Moses cried out to the Lord, please heal her, O God, and pray. Now here's what happened. When Miriam started talking against Moses, God struck her with leprosy. And he judged her. And Moses prayed for her. If you read the old, especially the first five books of the Bible, the books of Moses, and how the Jews kept attacking Moses, and God would say, <laughs> funny, God would say, hey, look, I'm going to get ready to smoke these fools. These are my, this is my language. But basically he would say that. I'm going to smoke these fools. I'm going to kill them all and we'll start over. In other words, I'm going to take out the whole nation of Israel, Moses, and I'll give you a whole nation because they kept rebelling against God. And Moses would cry out and pray for the people who were criticizing him. It wasn't about Moses. It was about God's plan. And so Moses cried out for his sister, as he had done many times for the other people. If you are going to make a difference in the world, don't obey God, you have to honor other people. You have to be, you have to be other people-centered. If all you do is sit around and be worried about you, I need to get this. How come this is not happening? You know, I just lost my job. Listen, I know that's horrible. I've lost my job several times. You know, I, got the, I, I didn't have any money. But, and if you are so, you will go cray-cray. You have to say, Lord, how do you want me, who do you want me to pray for? Because when you start giving yourself to other people, guess what happens? God gives you more to give. God does something in you. 
Because, again, we're living a supernatural life. Look what the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2. It says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, humility, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each look out on not only on your own interests, but the interests of others. And what it says right after that is that this is what Jesus did. Jesus was in heaven. You talking about chilling? That's the ultimate chill. In heaven, angels worship with you. No sin, no problems. You got it made. And he said, you know what? These people down here on the earth, they need a savior. Their sin has separated them from a relationship with the Father. So Jesus said, I'll go down, I go down and humble myself. Humble himself and give his life. He humbled himself and became a man, a human. And he died at the hands of the people whose sins he was paying for. And then as they were killing him, you know what he told the father? Don't hold it against them. Forgive them. He prayed for them. He prayed for them. He did all these things. And as God looks at you right now, there's some of you, you've never given your life to Christ. You're, you're listening, you're, you go to church, you've been to church, you've been baptized. And maybe, maybe you even just found this video, this service by accident. But I'm here to tell you God loves you. And God has a plan for you to make a difference in the world. But it's his plan. Yeah, you can go get a job, you can go do stuff, but it's going to be empty compared to what God wants to do in and through you. But it all starts with you inviting God in, asking him to forgive you of your sin and establishing a relationship with God. And it's very simple. It's simple as A, B, C, A, B, C, A, admit that you are a sinner. Your sin is what pushes God away. Your sin is what separates you from God. And so simply by saying, God, I know that I'm a sinner. The Bible says so. Romans says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Todos han pecado. Everybody has sinned. B is believe. Believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead for your sin. He had no sin. He was already in heaven. So what did he come down here for? To die for your sin and my sin. And C, confess. Confess means to agree. Lord, I agree to repent. I agree to surrender. I agree to separate myself onto you. And guess what? God has separated on him to himself, the righteous. You say, God, I take one step towards you. He's going to take three towards you. So in a minute, we're going to pray. And praying is simply speaking to God. It's simply communicating to God. And asking God to forgive you. A, B, C. Lord, I admit I believe and I confess. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads right where you're at. And if there are other people in the room, I'm going to ask you out of respect to their relationship with God. That you bow your heads and at least give them time and space and opportunity to contemplate their future. This is not a decision to join a church. It's not even a decision to go to heaven. It's a decision to make Jesus king of your life, Lord 
of your life. It is a decision to surrender everything you know about yourself to everything you know about him. He is looking for disciples, people who will walk in his steps and trust him. Now you may be saying, I don't know what that means. Listen, 50 years from now, you won't know what that means. You'll know more than today, but it is endless. That is the exciting thing about walking with God. The other thing is that he is faithful. So there's nothing to fear. We can trust him every day, even in pitch black darkness. If you have the hand of God, you are safe. So if you would like to give your life to Christ and make him Lord of your life, you to bow your heads and close your eyes and just listen very carefully. And in a minute, I'm going to ask you to repeat after me in the privacy of your heart. But as you repeat, you must believe in your heart those things to be true. Let's all pray. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your patience. Lord, we all want to make a difference in this world that you may be glorified. And we can only do that if we obey. What obedience results in in our life is going to be different from person to person. We all have different gifts, opportunities, cultures. But in the end, we must be humble, holy, and honor others better than ourselves. Never more than you, but to esteem the interests and burdens of other people. But that all starts with surrendering our life to you. So if you would like to give your life to Jesus and ask him, invite him to be Lord of your life, I want you to pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. It's simple as ABC. Pray God, pray, dear God, I admit that I am a sinner. My sin has pushed you away and resulted in pain and death in my life. I believe that Jesus loves me, that he died and rose from the dead. And I confess. Jesus as my Savior. I agree to turn away from my sin and trust Jesus. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to tell you congratulations. God is going to transform your life and redirect the path of your life. And if you can text the word SAVE to 52525. We would love to help you in your journey. Take those next steps. If you're on our platform, uh, the sdrock.com platform, just hit the raise your hand button and we would love to follow up with you. But thank you so much. Listen, I just want to declare something over you. God has a plan that he is waiting to execute and implement in your life. And if every single day you reestablish your commitment to his plan and say, Lord, I surrender myself humbly before you. I separate myself as holy and I will 
honor others better than myself, esteem others better than myself. I am here to serve. Use me. God will start to reveal to you what he has for your life. Do that homework I gave you. Fill in, fill in those blanks and don't fill it in and think that's the end of it. Six months from now, two months from now, two years from now, it'll evolve and become more clear. And that is exciting. But I know that in your heart, God's going to start to stir up ideas and visions about what difference is your life going to make in this world? Next week, we're going to start a series, COVID, the end of your, your world. Oh, my goodness. And here's the thing. I'm so excited about it. I'm not even sure what I'm going to say. But that's, that's even more exciting. I know the, the general topic because it's God's still revealing to me. But here's what I know. You're going to have more clarity about you and your world and the changes that are happening right before your eyes right now. You will have clarity about that and be able to walk with more clarity and security through COVID-19 and beyond. That's what I know. And you will be encouraged. And all the fear that the culture has put on you, I'm, I'm prayerfully confident that you are going to have less fear and more faith. Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Pray you bless us. I pray people would share this link with their friends so we can get the word out to as many people as possible. Thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.